0: Hey, we're glad that you guys are with us today for Fairdale Online. We've got a great worship service scheduled for you, and we're so thankful that you're here participating with us. Whether you're watching on Facebook Live or on YouTube or Church Online through our website at fairdalechristian.org. But we're excited that we have a time to worship the Lord together. Hey, I wanna remind you, as we begin our worship service today, if you're a baptized believer, uh, we, we celebrate communion in all of our worship services, we think it's the focal point. So we want to allow you some time to build that into your worship experience as well. So if you've got some elements around, like just a little bit of juice or something that can represent that, and then either a little cracker or a little piece of loaf of bread that just reminds us of the body of Jesus and his sacrifice that made, we build that into our service and we want you to be ready for that as well. Also, if you're interested in participating and supporting the ministry of Fairdale Christian, you can give. Uh, You can go to fairdalechristian.org backslash give, and uh, it'll give you some options that if you want to participate that way. We love the generosity of our church, and we do a lot of ministry here on the South End and around the world because of your generosity. Uh, Today in our worship service, Pastor Brandon will be bringing a great message that I think will be inspiring. Uh, Most of the scriptures will be on the screen, but if you want to have your Bible handy, he will give you those scripture references and you can make notes as they pertain to you and uh, if uh, if you're watching on facebook we want you to invite your friends to be a part of today's service think about creating a watch party and inviting some of your friends and family to be a part of it and uh, if you're new if somehow somebody has invited you through a watch party or perhaps uh, maybe you just found us online. Man, we're honored that you'd spend the morning with us. Let me tell you what you can do. If you wouldn't mind, in the chat room on the platform that you're in, there's a little chat area. If you can just type in, hey, it's my first time, or I'm new, one of our Next Steps teams will reach out to you. And they may drop in a little form for you to fill out, take you about 20 seconds. And the reason we do that is we just want to thank you for for participating today. And we've got a little gift that we want to send your way, a little $5 Amazon gift card, just to say thanks for being a part of our service. And listen, at the end of our service, something new that we've created, it's called a virtual lobby. Perhaps something that Brandon has talked through the message about that has touched your heart, or you're just feeling the need that you need to make a decision, take a step spiritually uh, towards the Lord. We wanna honor that step. And right after the service, our virtual lobby will be open. In the chat room, there'll be a link for a Zoom call. You click on that, there'll be a live host to walk you through it. And if you just need prayer or somebody to talk to, we would love to hear from you. But we are so glad that you're with us today. I hope you enjoy our service. Well, good morning, guys. Come on in. Let's all stand up. Let's praise the King that has given us this amazing grace that we live under. Let's lift up our words to Him.
1: Sing it with us. Who breaks the power? I've seen Oh, me.
0: Sing it together.
1: Blessed be your name in the land. Blessing.
0: When my kids were younger, they're 34 and 32, and they still sometimes come and ask, but I don't know how many times through that, they would come with these sometimes grand schemes. They would even plot together to work mom and I against one of them. But they would come and they have this incredible idea and ask this great question that they had thought through for about 10 seconds. And I would say, no. And their whole world would come crashing down. I mean, when they were little, you know, down to their knees, crying and throwing things and throwing a fit. And most of the time, I couldn't even remember after the fit what they'd even asked for in the first place. I don't know how many times, as a loving father, I said no. Or... Let's wait. Let's wait a little while. As our sermon series says, let's let that soak a little bit. And man, they would get mad. They would get angry. They would stomp off, march off, pow, go to the room, slam their door. But I could see a little bit farther down the road than they could. And there was no way I was gonna let them step into a situation. That I thought was going to hurt them or harm them, or that wasn't going to teach them something. I don't know that as adults we're too much different when we go to our Father in heaven and we ask for things. And sometimes the answer is no. And we get mad and we stomp off and we make declarations of how could God do that to somebody? Or how could God say that to me? Or how why would he close that door? Why does they why do they still have cancer? They love Jesus more than anything, and thousands of prayers have been lifted. And yet God said no. Because God knew better. Sometimes we put so much emphasis on what's temporary. When God sees what's eternal, when you step into a relationship with Jesus you step in immediately to eternity. Eternity starts there. And God knows what's best. Just like that last song said, you give and you take away. Blessed be your name. Boy, sometimes that's hard to say. But the truth is we can trust God. Brandon's been talking about doubt and fear. But when we can say with all of our heart, Even when it hurts, blessed be your name. I want you to listen to the words that the first part of this song Jen's going to sing. And a lot of it's what we have in our life. But we are so thankful that we can say yes to God's will. Listen to this song.
1: The same God who never FAILED will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never made is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high. praise, glorify, glorify the name of all names, nothing can stand against, oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name.
0: or often get distracted when pain and circumstance comes and we take our eyes off Christ he brings us back he gives us gentle reminders and in our service we find it very important to remember because we don't ever want to forget the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf the pain that God took on as he sent his one and only son in exchange for our sin, our pain, and our suffering. He took that on the cross, and we never want to forget. So we build in a time of communion every week because we think it's that important to remember the body that was broken, the blood that was shed. So I'm going to have a word of prayer, and if you brought your communion emblems in, I invite you to partake. There's some in the lobby if you need to go get them. But We'll just have a couple of minutes of prayer. Take it when you're ready. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful for today, the day that you've given us to bless your name. Some walk in these doors today full of joy. Some walk in full of pain. Some walk in with uncertainty and doubt. But Father, we just pray that you meet each one where they are, that your spirit ministers. Maybe the words of the songs we sing this time of communion When the word is broken open, and Brandon brings the message that your spirit will minister in just the right way. But right now, Lord, we thank you for the reason we're here, and that's Jesus, the sacrifice he made on our behalf. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. We confess that we need a Savior, for we are all sinners. Thank you now for this time, and we lift it in Jesus' name.
2: Well, it's great to see you today, and man, so excited you get, could be here to worship with us. Those of you watching online, glad to have you joining us as well. And uh, I hope as you came in today, you got one of these uh, little event cards and uh, just a few things on there that we are excited about and looking forward to. But I want to let you know, if you want to keep up to date with all of the events and different groups and things that are that are taking place throughout the week... Be sure that you are subscribed to our email list. Uh, we're going to be sending out our weekly updates. And uh, if we don't have your email address, swing by the Next Steps area and leave it with them. We'd love to. You can take a belong card out of the chair pocket in front of you and write it down. If we don't have that, we'd be glad to add you to that list. Those of you online, you can just message our host there in the chat. And they'll add you to that as well. But want to let you know, we're really excited that next Sunday, we have our starting point gathering, which... We have about every, every so often, every six to eight weeks. And that's going to be next Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. And we've got some folks that are already registered for that. But uh, we've got room for a few more. And we'd love to have you. If you're new here or you want to find out a little bit more about the church and uh, what our mission is and how you can link arms with us, we would really like to invite you to join us for that. We have a good time. A lot of great food. And, uh, and if you'd let us know, you can let us know. If you're watching online, you can let us know in the chat, or you can talk to somebody at Next Steps. You can register on our website as well, and, uh, and just let us know so we know how much food that we need to, to get together for that evening. But that's next Sunday, and it's going to be a great time. We'd love to have you for that. Also, I want to let you know, ladies, that uh, we're really excited. About three weeks coming up is our, our Women's Spring Celebration which is kind of the postponed version of the Christmas banquet that we had to kind of push off a little bit. But we're excited to have that, and I know we've got a great group. It's almost, it's nearly full, we've, but we've got just a few more tickets available. If you haven't picked one up or you'd like to be a part of that event, be sure to swing by in the lobby. You'll see on the vertical TV this logo and uh, there'll be some ladies out there that can help you or answer any questions that you might have about that. But we're really excited about that and also want to let you know about one other thing that's kind of cool. We have uh, had the opportunity to partner with Norton Healthcare and we're going to be hosting a vaccine event here on May 11th. So for those, and this is the interesting thing about this, is they're coming, and they're setting up, and they're going to do that, but it's, it's, it's our event, uh, so if you have been waiting and have not been able to get an appointment, but you would like to, we, are, we get kind of first dibs on those, and so we want to let you know, of course, our, our online audience as well. If you're there, we, we'd love to have you, but we're going to have sign-ups for that starting next Sunday. So if you're here, we're going to have volunteers with tablets that can sign you up and get you a time slot, but that's all going to be set up in the Family Life Center on May 11th, and uh, we're just kind of excited to get to do that, but we get kind of first dibs, and then we're going to open it up to the community, and they feel as though it's going to fill up pretty quickly, but I uh, just want to make that available to us, really excited to be able to partner and, and serve in that way, and, uh, but wanted to let you guys know about it first. Now last week, we started this series called Let It Soak, and, and I, I mentioned to you, this is something that we say as a staff a lot. If somebody comes up with a, a thought or a, you know, an idea, we kind of say, well, let's let that soak a little bit. Let's see how that crock pots and what happens you know, as, as it kind of begins to settle a little bit. Now, I asked the question, what are the things in Scripture that God wants to soak into us? What are the things that he wants us just to kind of pause at? There's so many things that we can breeze by so quickly, and we, don't, and we just really miss how significant it is. And, and we talked last week about some of the doubts that keep us hung up. And some of the fears that really keep us from following Jesus. And hopefully you were challenged to know that through seasons of doubt, God will give us seasons of discovery. Where we draw nearer to him and some of the greatest people of faith began as skeptics. But today I want to kick the can down the road a little bit further and I want to wrestle with this. How can we trust in a God who allows suffering? How can I have faith in a God that allows bad things to happen to good people, to, to undeserving people? Why is there so much tragedy You know, we're in our world and and how can I put my faith in a God that that would allow that? Now, you need to know when I'm talking about this topic and I want you to know right up at the forefront that I have really struggled with this. And, you know, for for years when I was younger, especially uh, this really tripped me up a lot and wrestled with seasons of doubt and had crisis of faith. And so if this is you, if you feel any of this, that you, you say, man, I, I'm there. Like, that, that is, it is difficult for me. I just want to say, just at the beginning, to not panic for feeling that way. I don't think we need to be, you know, all, all up in knots because we, we need to just keep searching. We keep searching for answers. We keep coming before the Lord and say, help me understand this. Help me have peace about this. One of the most heart-wrenching stories in the Bible is in Mark chapter 9. And this is one of those, we just got to let it soak a little bit, but this one grips me. You see a father with his son. And the father brings his son to Jesus, and his son's in this terrible condition. That says that the boy was was demon-possessed. And we don't know anything else than that. We, We don't know any of the background, I mean, we, we don't know what's going on here other than there's a guy that brings his son to, to some of the disciples and says, hey, you guys are healing people and can you do something for my boy? And it says that the, he would have these convulsions and this demon would throw him to the ground and he'd foam at the mouth and, and sometimes it would try to throw him into fire or into the water to drown him. It's just this terrible situation. And, and as a father, I, I cannot imagine the kind of worry and the kind of fear that this guy lived with every day of his life. To look at your son that you love more than anything else in the world, you die for him in a, in a moment. And to know that there's nothing I can do for him. I, this is completely out of my control. And, and I, I think about the anxiety he must have had just going to to bed at night wondering, you know, is he going to get up in the middle of the night and try to walk out and, you know, step out of the house and and, and is he going to hurt himself? What's going to happen? You know, I've known some people that have had babies that uh, that have wrestled with with SIDS or different things like that, that they they talk about the anxiety and just the pain and, you know, what do you do when there's nothing you can do? There's just nothing that you can do. And Jesus comes along and the father says this to Jesus. He says, Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Jesus, if there's anything that you can do about this, please. We're desperate. And I love the Lord's response because he is just so in control. You just... There are moments where you just see the grace and the mercy of Christ. And then there's moments where he really shows his authority. And this is one of those places where he says, I can do anything. He says in the next verse, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. What do you mean by that? He says, anything's possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out. He says, I do believe, but please help me overcome my unbelief. I just don't think you can get much more of an honest or a vulnerable response than that. I I identify with that. I can resonate with that. You know, I want to believe, but I'm struggling right now, Jesus. Help me. Help me see. Help me understand. I know that you say you're good, and I want to believe that. But you, you can hear the pain in this guy's voice. It's not hard for us to understand. This is, this is an unbelievable problem. I mean, his, his son is his whole world, and there's something so wrong with him. And I, I just love the authenticity in the Father's voice. I do believe, but I want, I, and I want to know that you can help me, but please help me overcome my doubts. Help me work through that, because I'm in so much pain, and I'm so afraid. There's just a list of things that run through my mind. I mean, it just can hit me in waves. Why are there so many starving children in the world? Uh, Why are there natural disasters that take place from time to time and just wipe people out? Why is it that there are some wonderful, loving Christian couples who cannot have children... And yet there are so many in our world that are having abortions because they don't want a child. Uh, Why why is it that a a kind and loving and faithful person can have a brain aneurysm and be gone or get a cancer diagnosis and it doesn't make sense and it's not fair. and, and, And you just see their life being cut short when so many other people waste their lives on drugs. How do you make sense of that? You have floods and fires and tsunamis and earthquakes. The list just goes on and on and on. Where is God in those events? And How do we as followers of Jesus reconcile that? I know some of you are facing some tough stuff right now. You've got some questions and you've got pain. And you've got suffering. And so everything we're talking about is hitting on all kinds of nerves. You've got some trials and it's... Is during those times, if, if, if you're not there right now, you will be at some point. We're, we're all going to walk the road of pain and loneliness and fear and death. And in those moments, one of two things will happen to your faith. And this is what I want you to know. Let this, let this soak for just a moment. Suffering and trials and pain will either shake your faith or it will prove your faith. It either rocks you to your core or you just find something else. You you find a a sure foundation that you you are strengthened in that. It will either shake and rattle you or it will take you to a deeper level of committed faith that you've ever known in your entire life. So let me me tell you what I'm not going to do today with the time that I've got. I'm not going to stand here, and I'm not going to try to defend God. I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's my place, and I think that God is perfectly capable of taking care of his own. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not, I'm not going to oversimplify either. I'm not going to try to offer answers, some cheap answers to some expensive questions. I don't want to insult your intelligence, By saying that, oh, I understand when I know that there are things that I don't understand. I couldn't possibly. These are questions that theologians have wrestled with for millennia. And I'm not going to stand up here and and pretend like I'm going to solve it here in the next 20 minutes. It's not going to happen. But what I want to do is hopefully give us a little bit of tension. Help us to pause just a little bit. And let some things soak. Let the word of God wash over us. And as we think about these real questions, where the rubber meets the road, what I really want to do is I want to point you toward a good God and trust that in his presence, he will be enough for you, that his grace is good. So if you're hurting or one day when you do hurt, just keep these thoughts in mind. The Apostle Paul wrote some great words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to li- spend a little time in a few verses there. But he, he says this in verses 14 and 15. He says, we know. We know. You, you, that's someone to underline in your mind. or If you've you know, you got this scripture pulled up on a tablet or whatever, you underline that. We know. We are confident. We trust. We are hopeful. We are expectant. Insert whatever verb you want there. We know that God... Who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us that there's something to come that this temporary nature that the temporary life what we go through the next you know 60 70 80 90 years however long our life may be that something is coming after this he says we know that the Lord is gonna raise us with Jesus and present us together with you that's the good news that's what we have to look forward to there's life to come he's setting our eyes he says you got to look beyond you got to keep an eternal perspective don't get so wrapped up in these things that you see right now remember that there's something more and we've got to have kingdom eyes we've got to have a a kingdom mindset there's more to, to to life than just this existence there's something more and he says in the next verse he says all of this is for your benefit I'm not just preaching until I'm blue in the face to puff myself up. I'm saying this for you. This is for you. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there'll be great thanksgiving. This is why we preach. This is why we do outreach. This is why the church is the only organization on the face of the planet that exists primarily not for those that are already within it, but for those that are not yet a part of it. That's why we're the church. Because we desire to reach more and more people. Why do we do that? Oh, is it because we can be bigger and bigger? No, it's so that God can be glorified in their life. So that one more person will know Jesus. So that they'll have hope and they'll see that there's something to come. And that they'll have the the strength to get through the suffering that's going to come in their life as well. He says, this is for your benefit as God's grace is reaching more people. There'll be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. We never give up, not in the midst of a global pandemic, not in the middle of economic trials or personal suffering in the face of persecution, whatever, insert in the blank. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day by day. Man, that is deep. You got to let that soak. Though our bodies, though outwardly other translations say though outwardly we are wasting away inwardly we're being renewed day by day he says that all of our preaching all of the scripture that we have we've got to keep digging into it we've got to keep leaning in we've got to we've got to seek and find and 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 continue to pursue more of god and know more about his character and who he is and what he does. All of this is for your benefit. He's saying, this is meant to help people. It's not meant to hurt. You know, I, I cringe when I think about how religion has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years to oppress people. It's the opposite of what the Lord ever intended. He said, this is this, is this relationship with me where, where the spirit is. There's freedom, not oppression. He said, This is for your benefit. This is meant to help. And Paul's saying, We have to keep doing that. We have to keep preaching. We have to keep searching. We have to keep digging. And the Bible says that you will find God if you seek him with all your heart. But we've got to keep seeking, we cannot give up. There is a renewal that's happened. He says, Our bodies are dying. Your body is dying. I told you last week, this, th- I just bang my head against the wall when I, I look at our world. I see so many people that are just, that are lost. They're so lost and they're never asking the question, you know, wh- what's God want to do with me? Is there a God or not? I, they, just, they just distract themselves. and we, we live in a world that is full of, I mean, pick your poison. We've got so many distractions. We don't have to think about anything that's important because we can waste our entire lives on things that are meaningless. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, sports teams—you know—some of us can rattle off stats. I mean, we know every stat about every player and everything, but we don't know the—we the, the, don't know the, these elementary teachings about God's word. That's troubling to me. But it's because we distract ourselves. We don't ask the question. We don't wonder, what is what is this all about? I told you, there's, there's two major things that hold people back from following Jesus. And that's fear and doubt. Almost all of it comes from suffering and pain. Anytime I meet anybody that's like, I don't believe in your God. I mean, and, and it happens more than you might understand. Whenever I'm anywhere and... I can be having a great conversation with somebody and, oh, you know, it's good. And they might drop a little F-bomb here or there whatever. They're talking about their, you know, their wild Friday night and I'm just listening. And, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, boy, you know. And then they say, so what do you do for a living? It just kills the conversation. i thought about saying, I'm in communication. (laughs) But... We, we, there's so, whenever I meet someone like that, I always know there's, there's something else. What's going on with you? What's, what's the hurt behind that? Because I know, I know my Jesus. And I know that he didn't hurt you. Why are you hurting? Who's hurt you? What's happened? What is it that's caused this pain? And I, I think that often people, people can't get past the question of why would God allow that to happen? Why is there suffering around the world? How can I trust in a God that has let me hurt so bad, has let, let me go through some of the things that I went through? Or when I look at my friend, or I look at my, my relative, or I look at someone down the street and I see how much pain they're going through, how can I trust in a God who would let that happen? What do we do with that? Paul is getting ready to drop an atomic bomb of truth on us in this scripture, 2 Corinthians 4. It says, outwardly, our our bodies are dying. Inwardly, our spirits are being renewed, and then he's getting ready to say something that's, this is controversial. He's He's going to let you know. And here's the essence of what he says. And my point, what I want you to know, is that pain produces purpose. Your pain, my pain, it produces something. It's not meaningless. Just because you're facing pain at this moment does not mean that God is not good. He is good. And and, and just because you would give anything, you'd give your right arm for that pain to go away, you know, it does not mean that eternally that this is not the best thing for you or the best thing for God's kingdom. Embrace. His purpose in the middle of your pain. You you might think about it this way. This is the way I kind of, when I talk to people, I say that God never wastes a hurt. Nothing is wasted. He's using it all. He's using it all. The scripture reminds us of that. Every good perfect thing comes from him. But we also know that there are troubles and there are trials and there's pain that we walk through. And it says that God is working all things together for good for those who love him. He never wastes a hurt. Nothing is ever wasted in the hands of Almighty God. And in, in every way, he's using it to bring his purpose about in your life. This is the moment Paul's going to, this is tough. Verse 17, he says that our present troubles are small. And they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Not only is, is all of your pain and all of your problems and all of the things that are out there, not only are they momentary, not only are they brief, but, and not only is all your suffering light in comparison to eternity and, and what we, what, what's waiting for us there, not only, but, it, but it's, all of it is totally meaningful, Sometimes I hear people say, you know, this thing happened, a car accident, you know, a car skids across the ice and slams and just this happened, this, this tragedy, it's just, it's just meaningless. There's no meaning there. And I think to myself, that's not true. It doesn't make sense. It is chaotic. And I, I can't understand why. I, I can't see it. I don't understand it. I can't reconcile it. But it's not without meaning. And it's not that God can't use it with purpose there is so and that is a tough thing to say I know that it is because there's so much insane suffering in our world we see a tsunami that wipes out a community a hundred thousand people shootings mass shootings. we've had like 54 so far this year in this country We see children that are dying and why does this have to happen? It doesn't make sense. It, just, it must just be totally meaningless. We had a mass shooting at a FedEx facility this past week. Eight or nine people die. And you wonder, well, what were they doing? Were they at war? No, they're at work. Trying to make a living to go home to their families. And now it's over for them. And why? Where's the sense in that? What, what do we do with all of that? These people, it's almost every day. It happens almost every day. If you've got the internet, if you're ever breezing the news, you've got no excuse not to cry every day. If we're going to weep with those who weep. This world is it's insane. There's so much suffering. Some new tragedy flashing across our computer screen. This text says, Our present troubles are small. It won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory. Now, it doesn't say that it will be followed by a glory, although that, that would be enough. That'd be good enough, but that's not what it says. It doesn't say that, oh, something's going to follow it, so it's okay. It says, no, it is producing for us. Something is happening here. It's producing for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all, and that's going to last forever. Every moment of your pain, Every millisecond of your suffering is doing something for you. Would you suffer? Would you, when you have trials, that misery in the path of obedience to Jesus, it is producing a peculiar glory that is going to last forever. You may suffer for a moment, but there's glory that will be. Eternal Scripture says it's not meaningless, it's doing something in you. And you may think, well, what is it? I can't see it. It makes no sense to me. I, I don't understand it. Of course you can't see it. Of course we can't see it. You can't see what it's doing. That's what Paul says in the next verse. He says, we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. But rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. How in the world am I supposed to do that? We don't look at what we can see. We look at what we're, we, we can't see. He says, for the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. He says, you can't just keep looking at the problems that you're looking at. You're, you're, you focus all your attention right there, and yeah, if, if that's what you do, you're going to be depressed, and you're going to be hopeless, and life is never going to make sense, and it's just going to be one long 80 years of misery until you die, and then what? And then what? He says, we've got to look at something else. How do you look at something that you can't see? What is that unseen thing? It's the promise of God. In verse 17, that says that your pain is doing something for you. You can't feel it. You can't see it. It doesn't make sense in these temporary brains of ours, but your pain is producing purpose in your life, and God will never waste anything that you're going through why do bad things happen we could we could talk about that we could talk about the problem that our world is broken it is broken because of sin and it's wrecked and one day god's going to restore it and we long for that day we could talk about the fact that there's evil and it's real i was watching a documentary last night it was one of those things on netflix and somebody was this young girl was killed just a random kind of Mindless shooting. She's riding in her car, and somebody standing on a sidewalk and just shot into her car, shot her in the head, killed her. And her brother, who was driving the car, speeds off a block or so, gets to a gas station, pulls her out of the car, and, he, and they've got it's heart-wrenching to watch. It's a, a camera from inside the gas station looking at him holding her in the parking lot, holding her and crying and rocking as she passes away in his arms and they're interviewing him the brother and he says you know I used to believe in a loving God but how could God allow this I just can't I just can't make sense of this why would God let this happen and I just wanted to reach through the tv screen and hug this guy I just want to say man God didn't do that God didn't do that. You, you don't think that his heart breaks right with yours? That's a result of evil right there, my friend. That, that is not, that don't, we can't pin that on the Lord. But, but there, there's so much, why, why do bad things happen? Why do chaotic things happen? Why, why, why? Because we live in such a broken world. God wants to redeem it. That stuff is producing something in you that you'll have in heaven that will last forever. Your pain is temporary. The glory that it's producing will be eternal. There are terrible things that happen in our world all the time. And you know what? It's not fair. It's not. It is not fair when your child gets cancer or your spouse gets fired for no reason or your car gets totaled and now you're looking at medical bills. It's not fair. Listen, I grew up with an abusive father that sent me to school with bruises and told me regularly that he hated me and that he wished I'd never been born, and that he did not love me, nor was he proud of me. I know all about what's not fair and what should never have happened. And I've wrestled with that, and it has been very difficult. But you know, and and I ask, why would God let that happen? But you know the one thing that I've had to come to terms with? Is that God is, is not fair. He's not. He's just. He is righteous. And one day, he's going to set all those things right. One day, he's going to make all those things right. But he is not fair right here and now. How do I know that? Scriptures like Psalm 103 that say this. Let this soak. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal with us harshly as we deserve but he's removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west in a moment of pain when i think to myself god how could you let that happen why didn't you crush that person before he could go and do that and then i have to look at myself and say well i guess if you crushed him you'd have to crush me too it's not fair we talking to RJ, our piano player. Man, I love that guy. He's he's deep. If you ever ever want to be challenged, just say, hey, tell me something spiritual. (laughs) You're talking about this. And he said, you know, the scripture talks about the world is is winding down, not winding up. You know, it, it is coming to a crescendo and we are in labor pain. Says the world, it's like it's in labor pains. And he said, you know the thing about labor pains after the birth? Nobody thinks about the labor pains anymore. You're just consumed with the birth. Look at this great gift. Look at this new life. Look at, and, every, and all that was worth it. We don't even worry about that. We don't worry about the 24 hours of pain and misery anymore. We might talk about it and, you know, well, we might compare notes or whatever. But nobody's consumed with the pain anymore. Now all we can think about is the life. And the gift and the birth. So every time that I start thinking, maybe I know a little bit better than God does, and I start to doubt the goodness of God, I feel that reminder of God saying, hey, Brandon, life is so much more than what you see right now. And if, if this life and if our relationship, if it's all about me being fair, then you need to answer for your sin too, my friend. But thank God that he's not fair. He has not given me what my sin deserves. He's shown me grace and mercy and he wants to show that to the rest of the world. He, wants to, he promises to pr- produce purpose and glory from all my pain. And so I'm not going to try to defend the way that God works. I'm just going to trust him. And I'm just going to keep, I'm going to have to keep trusting that one day it's all going to be worth it. That one day he will set it right. And all of that pain that I went through He's going to show me, now look at what this has produced in you, Brandon. And this lasts forever. This is for you. This is for your benefit, the Apostle Paul says. In the book of Revelation, John, the Apostle John, is taken up into heaven. And he gets a glimpse of what's to come. If you've ever read Revelation, it's such a hard... Man, it's the hardest book of the Bible to read because you're like, what is this mean? He's trying to describe what he sees, you know. He doesn't have words for what he's seeing. And it says that he hears this loud voice. And, and it never says who this loud voice is. I guess it could be an angel or someone else. But it says in verse 3 of Revelation 21, it says, I heard a loud shout come from the throne. And I was thinking a lot about that verse this week. Man, I was I was gnawing on this verse. And I'm like, who's the voice? I, I want to know like who is it? And I all did all this research and I'm looking up and I even called some pastor friends of mine and they're all like, wow, I've never thought about that before. I have no idea, Brandon, but that's a good good question, good thought. I'm like, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> so in the absence of knowing, I'm gonna have to make up my own uh thoughts. And I don't know, I could be way off base, and I don't mean to be, you know. Theologically incorrect, but I think it may be Jesus. This is a loud voice coming from the throne. I think it's the king. I think it's the king of kings. He says, I heard a loud shout coming from the throne. And you know, in in the Bible and in our world today, there's this, there's something about shouting that happens right after a victory. When your team wins, man, if you're in the, say your, your basketball team made it to the final four, you know, you're in the, oh, you're in the tournament. When that, that moment comes, it's a nail biter. And then, you know, right at the last second, you know, buzzers going off, shot goes in and they win. Man, that place just erupts with shouting. In the Bible, you see, you know, Gideon's army, they smash some jars and it says, we're going to smash these jars and we're going to shout as we go down into the valley and, you know, running into victory. Fighting the Midianites, it says that there's just this, this idea of shouting. Some of you might remember Red Auerbach. He, he coached the Celtics back in the 60s. And uh, he, one thing that he was well known for, when, when, he, when they're watching the, the game and it's getting near the end, but the game's not over yet, but Red knew, man, this game is a lock. We have won. He pulled a cigar out of his pocket and lighted it up. And the crowd would just go wild when they saw him do that. Just something about, about shouting. I was talking to my friend George Ross about this passage. I said, you know, and he told me, he says, you know, they say that a lion only roars when he knows that his prey has nowhere to go. I thought, huh, I did not know that. He says, yeah, a lion only roars when he knows that is prey has nowhere to go. Scripture says that our God is a lion, the lion of Judah. And when I think about this loud shout, I just can't help but make the comparison. There's just something about the end that there's something in each one of us that we just long for the day when good will finally win over evil. Forever. When we hear that lion roar because his prey, at the the end, the finale, the final expulsion of the devil forever, when the lion of Judah roars, that loud shout, and this this is what the voice says. It says, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. This is us. It says, God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. That's personal. That's you and me. If you have stood at the casket of somebody that you love and you have wept, you will know that at one day, at some moment in your existence, the God who sculpted mountain ranges is gonna take his gentle hand and he's gonna wipe those tears from your, from your eyes. Man, that just fills me with hope and joy. He says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death, no more sorrow. No more crying, no more pain. All of these things are gone forever. That's an eternal viewpoint. That's kingdom eyes. Now I wondered if Jesus is shouting in victory. What what is this moment? What's happening right here? I think this is it. I think that's the moment. John got a glimpse of the moment that he sets it all right. Everything we've gone through that, in that moment, it makes sense. One day, all of this is going to be over. One day, this pain will have produced a glory in you that far outweighs them all, and it will last forever. When the roll is called up yonder, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks, eternal, bright, and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on that other shore, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Amen? Amen. I want to close with this. I, one, of my, one of my favorite people in the whole world is, uh, is Kathy Osmus of our church. And many of you know Kathy. She's it, served in children's ministry for years and, man, she just... I wish I had, like, ten more Kathys. You know, she's just great. I was talking to her this past week about this topic. and She said, man, that's something that's weighed on me a long time. And she was telling me a story that happened years ago. She had a dear friend who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Kind of came out of left field. Nobody was expecting it. And she said, I... Went to the hospital to visit with my friend, and they were saying that this is going to be terminal. And she said, I was standing outside of the hospital room, and I could hear my friend moaning and groaning in pain. And she said, I stood out there in the hallway. She said, I, she said, This moment is as real to me. She says I'll never forget this. It's vivid. She said, I stood there in the hallway, and I started weeping, and I was praying. And I said, God, I just don't see any good in this. And my friend is a faithful Christian. I just don't see any good in this. What could possibly, what could your purpose possibly be in this? And she said, You know, she says, I don't want to sound like one of those weird people, like, Oh, I heard God. She says, But, you know, I didn't hear a voice, but I heard a voice. You know what I'm saying? I said, I know exactly what you're saying. She said, I. I knew that I heard the voice of God say to me, Kathy, it's not for you to worry about what the good is for your friend. Your job is to worry about what I'm doing in you. You just keep worrying about what I'm doing in you. You don't need to worry about this. I've got this. I'm big enough to handle this. People that I talk to that have some of the biggest doubts, one of the things they say is, well, I just can't trust in a God when he allows suffering. I see this person over here, and they're suffering. Oh, I can't see. You know, some of the most faithful, dedicated, joyful followers of Christ I've ever met, they've gone through hell and back. They have suffered in ways that I can't even imagine. It'd be easy for me to doubt the goodness of God looking at them and say, oh, but why would you let this happen? And I think sometimes God would say to me, hey, Listen. Don't you worry about that, I've got them. I'm producing something in them, you worry about what I'm producing in you, Brandon. This is about our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He has a purpose and a plan for you. He's using it all. Let's let it soak. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God that we can trust. Even when the way seems dark and does not make any sense and we don't know know what's up around the bend, Lord, fill us with faith. Help us to keep seeking you. Lord, help us to lay aside our pride. Remind us that our view is cloudy our understanding is narrow, small, but Lord, that you see it all, and you are working something out that one day we will see. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on that promise. We pray that we all of this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's worship our good God that loves us.
0: Thank you for participating in the day service. We hope it was a blessing for you and that you can walk away from this experience knowing that the Lord loves you, he is pursuing you and that he's got a next step for you. And uh, if if that's something that you're interested in finding a little bit more about, we wanna invite you in the chat area. You'll see a link to a Zoom call. We'd love for you to just pop over into our virtual lobby. If you want to find out more about the church, what happens in the different ministries, there's something that you can find out there. Or if you just want to talk to somebody or pray with somebody, they will be there to talk with you shortly after the service. But we're glad that you guys were with us today.